Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody is somebody in church. Is somebody in church? Is somebody in church at all? Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. If you are there, shout Anna, Anna, Anna. If you are there, shout Anna. If you can hear me, shout Anna. If you can hear me, shout Anna. If you can hear me, shout Anna, Anna, Anna. If you can hear me, shout Anna. God bless you so much for coming. You are welcome to Freedom Family Podcast. Uh, another auspices of Freedom Outreach Family. And, um, we are here. And this week is our week of Anna Diagnostic. Anna Diagnosis. And the whole idea is about engaging us and exposing our hearts on the truth of Anna. Hallelujah. Are we in church? Hallelujah. And the Lord is doing so many things for us. Actually, this is the seventh week and also the final week for our 50 days journey through destiny part one god willing we'll be having the next 50 days in the month of september hallelujah where we are also going to go for another journey somebody say another journey somebody say another journey somebody say another journey somebody shout another journey yeah so we are going to have our next 50 days in the month of september and uh, it's also going to be another 50 days journey through destiny hallelujah i know you have been blessed in this session i know you have been blessed i know you have been blessed i know you have been blessed hallelujah so this week today we have a very special man of god so we started yesterday on all men are not the same all men are not the same and yesterday, the man of God, Pastor Samuel, exposed us onto the dimensions of Anna, what Anna is all about. And we continue this morning on the characteristics of Anna. And man, yesterday we got to know that Anna is your ability to recognize and celebrate difference. And we got to understand that Anna is something that is not a common virtue for all. Anna is something not we don't demand. Anna is rather something that we give. Hallelujah. So don't wait for somebody to demand Anna before you do it. But it should be something that should be part of you and be given every day. Hallelujah. So we are developing the attitude of Anna. Are we in church? Oh, if you are there, let me see. I want to see you very engaged in this season. Hallelujah. So today, this morning, to the man of God exposed us on the characteristics of Anna. And we did the first one being obedience. That one of the things that will show that a man is working in Anna is obedience. And obedience, we spoke about total obedience, not being selective. And it's not like you select some of the parts and obey. But you obey all the facets of it. Then we also spoke about the second dimension which is commitment we also spoke about commitment and commitment we spoke about the fact that you must throw yourself you must throw yourself at anything that the one who is you are being handed is talking about are we in church 
I went church. I went church. Am I speaking to somebody? So we spoke about commitment and commitment. We spoke about dedication, and we said that what that which makes commitment very easy and the mark of commitment is what is trust. That means for you to be able to be committed to something, there must be trust. Anyone who has trust issues is not able. Anyone who has trust issues will not be able to 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 be to be committed to a cause or to be dedicated to a cause hallelujah so we spoke about trust that means that anyone who works in honor must be a person of trust you must learn how to trust because if you don't trust you cannot obey you cannot commit yourself then the last one we spoke about sacrifice somebody shout sacrifice and the man of god let us understand that one of the vital things that we can't do away with on the path of honor is sacrifice and sacrifice is that which opens us to what we have been called to do anyone who's you cannot tell me you honor without making sacrifice that means there are certain things that may not go in line with the way you want there are certain things that may not be in line with the way you want it but sacrifice will call you to the place of honor hallelujah so we also spoke about sacrifice hallelujah and um we also talked about the fact that in talking about anna there are certain things we need to consider and uh, we spoke about the fact that we need to know what to do we need to know when to do it we need to know where to do it we need to know um how to do it then we need to know to whom it should be done so we spoke about the five dimensions of anna that what you are supposed to do you are not at the place of honor what am i supposed to do on the path of honor then we also, we also spoke about the fact that you should know how to do what you're supposed to do because the how sometimes can dishonor or can bring about dishonor or honor hallelujah then we also spoke about the fact that it's not just about knowing what to do it's not also just knowing um, knowing how to do it but we also it's about knowing where to do it where to do it so the place, the location, or the destination of your honor is also very important. We also spoke about the fact that we are also supposed to know when to do it, the timing, the timing. Because sometimes something may be honored at a particular time, but when the time and season change, it becomes dishonored. Are we in church? That means honor and dishonor is also vital at the place of timing. So you need to know the timing that is connected to anna are we in church are we in church are we in church at all so that's why today we posted that we we honor somebody where it is seen and when it is seen are we in church that means that you don't wait for somebody to die before you honor the person so when the person dies before you honor the person it means that what has happened it's a dishonor it's a dishonor yeah and that's why we posted it that don't celebrate somebody at where you can the person cannot see or cannot be seen okay yeah so you see people who intentionally honor people at where it can be seen honor people at where it can be seen so the timing is very important so the when of honor is also important which we spoke about yesterday and we also spoke about to whom should the honor be done so you have to also know who to honor like to whom or the one to receive the honor is also very important at any point in time very very important so you don't you don't 
you don't release what you're supposed to do to somebody else so at any point in time you have to know who you are going to receive you are going to give the armor to are we in church are we in church yeah so that's what we dealt with yesterday and the man of god really explained certain things to us and we thank god for such a blessing hallelujah now today is another day somebody said today is another day all men are not the same somebody shout all men are not the same i believe that by by now we are settled that all men are not the same all men are not the same all men are equal but all men are not the same all men are equal but not all men are not the same all men are equal but not all men are the same and i know by today by today we have we should come to the point where we can really understand the systems and the differences among men hallelujah and we spoke about the fact yeah i remember yesterday when at the time of prayer i made mention that there's one key thing which we need to also understand that when it comes we talk about honor we should talk about discernment one of the things that will help anyone to be able to honor well is a person's ability to discern well hallelujah so you should be somebody who has the ability to discern well you should have the ability to discern well because discernment is that which will open your eyes to see the value on a person because today this morning we got to know that human beings are disguised entities somebody say it after me human beings are what human beings are disguised entities and we explain that because of the circumstances of life and because of the conditions of life human beings are most of the time put in a situation where they may not be what they are and we say that some people carry true records but the records which are true are not the truth i hope you remember we say that a lot of human beings carry true records but those true records are not what the truth so it means that there's a need for us to be able to discern to be able to, to see beyond what you are seeing in order to see the truth about the person so that we can be able to accord the kind of honor we are supposed to accord anyone you dishonor is because of a kind of knowledge you have about the person so honor and dishonor is based on knowledge is based on knowledge so the kind of things you know concerning the person informs you or influences your knowledge influences your honor are we in church are we in church are we in church i'm just giving you a recap of what we did yesterday the man of god will be joining us very soon yeah so that means that honor is predicated on what on knowledge so what you know about the person influences what you whether you honor or dishonor the person that that is why if that means anytime you are dishonoring somebody or anytime you are despising somebody it means that there's a kind of information you have that is making you despise the person so anyone that you are despising check yourself anyone that you are taking for granted anyone that you are taking the person for normal anyone that you are not according a sense of value a sense of treasury a, a sense of attention a sense of celebration to the person that means that there's a knowledge in your head that you have concerning the person that is not making you accord the kind of honor you're supposed to accord that is why discernment is very very important 
discernment will give you a kind of knowledge that you may not be seeing on a physical note. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so that is what we dealt yesterday. We dealt yesterday that Anna is an influence of your knowledge. Anna is a function of your knowledge. And we thank God that today um, we are going to go deeper. Hallelujah. So, by the grace of God, we have the man of God with us. Can we celebrate the man of God? Let's celebrate the man of God. Let's celebrate the man of God. Let's celebrate the man of God. Oh, let me see you. Let me see you. The man of God is in the house with us. And today we are going to do greater works. Hallelujah. God is going to do so many things with us. And we believe God for His grace. So, we are already late. Um, Without wasting my time, I want to invite to ask our man of God, the man for the hour, um, our own brother, our own leader, our own deacon, uh, who very soon will be, will be going higher. Hallelujah. Let's celebrate the man of God, deacon Joshua Nate, even as he takes us through the another level in Anna. Oh, can we celebrate the man of God? Let's celebrate the man of God. Let's celebrate the man of God. Somebody celebrate the man of God. Hallelujah. Yeah. Right. Right. Thank you. Thank you, man of God. God bless you. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I bring you greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus. If you can hear me, I want to see you type Amen. If you can hear me, I want to see you type Amen. All right. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. All right. Shall we bow down our heads? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity. It's an awesome time for us to fellowship around the written word. And at the end of the day, our yearning, the yearning in our spirit, in our hearts, is that you fill us and we will go out of this meeting as people who have been equipped and prepared to live the life of Anna wherever we find ourselves in jesus mighty name have we prayed amen right so before i start anything let me um say this that a, a lot of times when we teach about anna okay not myself alone but a lot of time when we hear people teach about anna um and it is done aggressively in most uh, circumstances, people, the first thing that comes into people's mind is that who is he talking about? You know, who is he talking about? Does he have a personal beef? You know, in Ghana, when we say beef, it's a, it's a misunderstanding, right? It's, it's a Ghanaian term. You can't use it anywhere except in Ghana. Is he having a personal beef with someone? Is he having a misunderstanding with someone? Good. And so we tend to think that, well, maybe there is an issue that this person is coming out to complain and then um, mama about. And so a lot of times people don't receive the word for themselves. They receive it for that unknown party. Uh, as if to say, oh, maybe uh, Joshua and Douglas are having a misunderstanding. That's why Douglas is constantly posting this thing on his status or all of a sudden, Douglas wants to teach Anna. But that is a very poor attitude towards Bible study. Hallelujah. First and foremost, wherever 
the scriptures are taught, receive it as your own. Okay? Personalize it. Maybe you feel you don't need it now. Keep it. You would need it at a point in time. So let me say this before we, you know, start delving into issues. Okay? So there is no personal misunderstanding. Of course, I take it personal because it's the word of God. Hallelujah. For me, anytime the, the scriptures are in, in contention, I take it personal. If it has to do with the Bible, any aspect of the Bible, then I take it personal. So if you think this is personal, well, it's personal, but it's not, you know, born out of any misunderstanding as much as possible. We want to teach the word of God as it is. Hallelujah. And may the Lord be our helper in this regard. Matthew 28, verse 18. We read verse 18 and 19 for today. Matthew 28, 18 and 19. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. All right? And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so one thing that we always bring out in this um, scripture that we have read and Continually, in fact, anywhere you meet me, you hear me quoting this. What it means is that Jesus, after his resurrection, commissioned the disciples to go and make disciples. Now, the word make disciples, go and make disciples, actually means go and train pupils. Okay, I like to say it this way go and train apprentices, not just apprentices. Go and remake clones, okay? Clone, C-L-O-N-E, clone. A clone is somebody who has been genetically programmed to act a certain way. So Jesus is saying, go and make clones of my resurrection. Better still, clones of my, my life, okay? Good. And how are these clones, how are these disciples supposed to be made? He says in verse um, 20 that teaching them. And that word teaching them in the Greek is didasko, D-I-D-A-S-K-O. It means to instruct. That means that disciples are going to be trained out of instruction. Okay? Out of the instructions that are given. In fact, <laughs> if you examine the, the term critically, a disciple is the one who heeds instructions. So it's not just the giving out of the instructions that makes disciples, but it is how a man pays attention to the instructions that have been given and out of that, when we see that man live the instructions, practice the instructions, then we see, oh, he's a disciple. And so discipleship takes a bit of some time, okay? If I get you born again today, before I can call you my disciple, you have to be with me for a number of times. Usually I would say a minimum of two years, okay? After two years, let's see you. Let's see you teach. Let's see you practice. Let's see you pray. Are we going to see you pray like I do, teach like I do? Then we'll say, oh, you are my disciple. As a matter of fact, wherever you find me, you should find my disciple as well. And so that is very important. Therefore, that means that in Christianity, things need to be taught. Okay, Things need to be taught. We don't practice anything in Christianity without teaching it. So I remember I said somewhere, I don't know whether on this platform, I said somewhere that you know, as easy as it sounds to pray, everybody seems to have an idea of how to pray. 
okay even the unbeliever has a sign they will do you know wish for good things for themselves um if the person has been exposed to pagan worship that worsens it because they have a way of praying to their ancestors the gods and then they come to christianity when they come you don't expect them to automatically know how to pray you need to teach them how to pray the proper way to pray so likewise there is always the proper way to do things in christianity i need you to follow me carefully for instance the issue of morality and righteousness everybody has a way of you know doing good but you realize that you could do something which is good accepted culturally internationally as good and yet the bible will judge that same thing as unrighteous that means that the bible has a proper way of doing even good things okay we are not just interested in the good you do but why you did the good so so for god it is not every good that is good what god calls as good is the good that stems out of his goodness his goodness would be the sacrifice of jesus on the cross okay the giving of his spirit to dwell in the believer the believer's response to that is what is called good so as a believer if i do something good and my motivation is because of what i'm going to get from god then that is not called righteousness it, it could be called morality yes it's good at the end of the day it's good but it's not god's righteousness god's righteousness is that i don't do to get i do because of what he has given the ability he has given i love when i love i don't love because i want to love so that i will get more money i will have good things happen to me i love because god has put inside of me his spirit the bible says that um god has shared his love abroad in our hearts by the giving of the holy spirit and so that love in our hearts propels us to love us so, so as simple as that is that is a major thing in christianity that means that you know cultures may differ okay cultures may differ among so many cultures who have what we call anna what we call this anna but when it comes to christianity there will be the christian culture of anna and that biblical truth would endure okay it won't fluctuate it won't it won't be same today and then change tomorrow in fact you can't have your way around it i like christianity the way it is you can't have your way around the things of god i mean it's like you can't pocket god <laughs> look at salvation you know the offer of salvation is that believe in the lord jesus christ and you'll be saved as simple as this is you know you can you can kill yourself over it it won't change <laughs> 20 years 50 years to come is still the same message so when it comes to dealing with god you can't even bundle your way around i've seen a lot of quite a, a number of believers when it comes to principles surrounding god the things of the spirit they try to bundle their way with faith oh faith 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 you know faith towards you towards god i mean and then the faith would have to work with principles and so we should take note of that good now let's look at um, a scripture in um matthew 16 i would want to start from matthew 16 and then see i have a lot to say if time doesn't permit us i'll come back and say it again and so i'm not so much in the haste matthew 16 let's read from verse 18 a popular scripture right i like the popular scriptures um let's start from verse 13 
verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that the Son of Man am? Take note of this question. It is a question that seeks to diagnose the perception of man concerning Jesus. Who do men say that I am? The perception. Right? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, interesting people. They saw Jesus and John the Baptist, and yet they want to say Jesus is John the Baptist. Interesting people. Some Elijah and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. You know, strange people like that. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Same question now narrowed to them. You know, you can answer a question that is not meant for you. But Jesus now says, Well, you said what people say now. You, what do you say? All right. So they said, Some say, um, Sorry, verse 16. Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, <laughs> and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth, would be bound in heaven and whatever you lose on earth will be lost in heaven. Now what I want you to pay attention to is that um, Jesus uses a word here which, you know, oftentimes has been misused. I mean, not our fault. That's what we all, you know, got up to, to see. Sorry, we, we were raised up to see church as that way. But Jesus uses the word church see, and, and, and he qualifies it with the possessive pronoun that i'll build my church and so you should realize that that word church is not jesus's invention of course i've said this and i keep saying this that the words in the bible are not spiritual words when i say that i'm careful they are not spiritual words because they are normal everyday uh, um, language okay the popular, God communicates to us with the language that we know. God communicates with the human language. So the word church actually is something that was in existence during Jesus' time. Ecclesia, referring to the called out assembly. The called out assembly. And, you know, in that part of the world, the ecclesia refers to people that were called out during you know crisis periods or you know any issue comes up within the society within the community and we have certain people that we call from their homes and these people come together they gather and they take decisions that binds on the rest of the people in the community okay so the ecclesia refers to uh, if i should say the high the the regarded the highly regarded people in the society who take decisions, make laws that are binding. You could call it a parliament. Um, I think it would be right to call it a parliament. But Jesus says that I will build. The word build is oikodomio. That means I would put up. Okay. What it means is that at the point he is speaking, at the time he is speaking, that is not available yet. Okay. 
but there is the ability to do it. Okay, there's a, there's a space for it, and he says, I will put it together. I will put up my church. Good. And when he calls it my church, it means that it's not going to be the ordinary church, the normal church. His church is going to be different. Okay, so take note of the description I've given to the church. People that are called out from their homes, they come together, they make decisions that 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 shows how the rest of the community should live. Good. But when Jesus says my church, he adds his honor to it, so to speak. Jesus puts his honor on what he's going to put up. So you could have every normal, you know, gathering, so many churches. But when he says my church, it means that this is exclusive to me. Hallelujah. What it means is that I'm going to treat this as my own. I'm going to treat this as myself. And the same honor that is given to me should be given to that union. So that is very important to note. And so what we want to say basically is that, and of course he goes on to say that, the gates of hate shall not prevail against it. Hallelujah. And the gates of hate, the Hades actually referred to the place of the dead. So this was Jesus in a way predicting his resurrection. He says that, He's, he's telling you that my church would come out of my resurrection. That's what he's saying, basically. I will build my church and the gates of hate shall not prevail against it. He's basically saying, I will die and resurrect with my church. That is what he's saying. And so we can confidently say that the church is the property of Jesus from his resurrection. Hallelujah. And so the church is treated the same way the resurrection of Jesus is treated. Now, mind you, according to Romans chapter 1, 1 and 2, it is at the resurrection that we actually see the deity of Jesus. <laughs> Romans 1, 1 and 2. Um, uh, um, I think one, Romans 1, 1 to um, 4. The 4 is what, what, what I'm looking for. And declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Declared to be the son of God with power. And so if you are looking for God's power, God's power is exerted in the resurrection of Jesus. And it is at that point that Jesus is recognized as the son of God. Hallelujah. And so, interestingly, when you come to Matthew 16, Peter, who said that you are the Christ, the son of the living God, read downwards and then see what he does to himself. In verse 21 of Matthew 16, I'm reading Matthew 16 now. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Now, this thing Jesus is saying is the same thing Peter said. But because of unbelief, Peter didn't really understand. And then Peter pulled Jesus aside, started rebuking Jesus. But, I mean, if you call me the Christ, the son of the living God, you are virtually saying that, you are the one who will die and rise up because we cannot see him as the son of God until he has risen from the dead. That means that God, God's honor <laughs> on the man Jesus is placed on his resurrection. It appears that the, the, the most important thing that, you know, I'm, I'm not talking down on, on, on the incarnation. The incarnation also confirms and affirms his deity you know, his life also affirms that he is God who became a man and essentially his resurrection. But 
by the time you look at the the gospel and the sermons that were preached in the, the, the book of Acts, it appears that the bone of contention was the resurrection. And it is that same place that God has put his honor. And so that is why Paul would write and say that the spirit that raised Christ from the dead, if that same spirit is in you, it means that the, the working of the Holy Spirit is even seen at the point of the resurrection. What I'm trying to say basically is that God has put a huge honor on the resurrection of Jesus. And that resurrection is shared with his church. Okay? So that same honor on Jesus' resurrection is the same honor placed on the church. Now, honor basically means to treat a thing as it is. To treat a thing as it is. So, if you understand me, it means that if God has placed his honor on the church, then the church needs to be treated as God has done it. Treat it as it is. If God has placed his honor on the man Jesus, it means that treat him as God sees him. <laughs> you are not left to run commentary. Oh, but, but, but no. Just see it as God sees it. Okay, so that is very important. Now, historically, the ecclesia is guarded with a call. With a call, so when you when you look at history, you realize that the, the ecclesia is usually guarded with a call. Sometimes a town crier, someone who goes and then hits the gong gong. Okay, um, uh, the gong gong for for those in a, in a, in the international community, the gong gong is a, a metal, a metal that you hit with a stick to make a sound. Okay, so when that sound is made, the people in their houses who belong to the ecclesia know that wow. This is the call. This is the call for us to come out and to go out. So the call of the church is the gospel. It is at the preaching of the gospel that Jesus raised is, is, the, is the Son of God who was raised from the dead. It is at that preaching that men are called. And so there is no um, church without the gospel. Are you paying attention? That means that God has also placed his honor or value on the preaching of the gospel. What it means is that you cannot belong to the church until the gospel has been preached to you. God says so, and it is so. That is God placing his honor, his value on the preaching of the gospel. You know, it may sound foolish in your, your, your ears. It may sound foolish, nasty. Who cares? God says that is how he will call out men. Okay, so take note. Anna on the church, Anna on the preaching of the gospel. Good. Now, who is going to preach the gospel? Of course, angels won't preach the gospel. The gospel hasn't been. I think that um, the, the next time we meet, I'll, I'll look, talk about the gospel part a bit, a bit deeper. I'm just using this as a reference to say something I want to say. Who will preach the gospel? Say, man, okay, Matthew, uh, Mark 16, 15. Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, Jesus is talking to men. <laughs> so that means that it is a man who would come and preach the gospel to you. And God says so. I can't do anything about it. In fact, as much as I want to help out, I can't help out. That means that essentially a man would need to preach the gospel to you for you to believe. Good. 
Go and preach the gospel. Mark 16 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Realize that God doesn't put any preclusion, doesn't call the rich to preach, doesn't call the poor to preach,、uh, male, female, slave, master,、um, what, what else? Fit, unfit, six packs, one pack, beautiful, ugly,、uh, what else can I say? Short, tall, fat, slim. No preclusion. Any man can preach the gospel. That means that that man coming to preach the gospel to has the honor of God placed on him. I define honor as treating as what it is. God says man should preach. That means that the man preaching the gospel, as little as he is, as big as he is, as poor as he is, as rich as he is, so far as he is preaching the gospel, which is God's honor, which is Which, which emphasizes the fact that Jesus is the Son of God, that man also inherits the honor. And so you realize that technically, when a man goes to hell, he goes to hell because he refuses to listen to another man. <laughs> you know, we say that he, he didn't believe the gospel. We say it you know, with, with a theological term and then it's a bit conversant. But technically, this man didn't listen to a man. <laughs> and he goes to. Hell for not paying attention to a man. That means that God has put his honor on that man who preaches the gospel. I want you to take note of that. And now in the church, in the church, let's look at John 20 17. How does God treat that, that gathering? How does God treat the man who believes and is saved? John 20 17. Are you following me? I told you I've got a lot to say, right?、Yeah. If I'm not able to finish, I'll continue. John 20, 17. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me. This is after Jesus' resurrection. Okay? And Mary Magdalene came close to him and he tells her, Verse 17, Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. Take note. Jesus says, I have not yet ascended to my father, okay? My father, but go to my brethren. And、uh, the word brethren in the Greek is Adelphos. Let me spell it for you A D E L P H O S. Adelphos. It literally means people or persons from the same womb. From the same womb. From the same womb, okay? Womb. People or persons from the same womb. That means that they are born from the same womb. Good. So Jesus calls the disciples his brethren. At the resurrection, he calls God his father and calls the disciples his brethren. Where is he coming from? Take note, he's coming from the resurrection. And so wherever he's coming from, that is the point where he relates to God as his father. He's coming from the resurrection as the son of God. Okay? I told you Romans 1. One, two, the six we read, it is at the resurrection that Jesus is declared the Son of God. So it is at the resurrection that he is properly declared as the one of God, the one from God. <laughs> Are you following me? So it is at the resurrection that we will see him properly as the Son of God. It is at the resurrection that we will properly call God the Father of Christ. If He does not rise up from the dead. He's just like any man who, is, who died, just like David, just like Moses, all of them who died. But because he rises up, he confirms and affirms that he's God because he cannot die. 
and he's coming from that resurrection. And at that resurrection, he says, I have not ascended to my father, who is God, but he now calls the disciples his brethren. It means that he identifies with them from the resurrection. It's as if to say, We are coming from the same place. <laughs> and he says, Say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Hallelujah. That means that at the resurrection, God, who becomes our father, is also the father of Jesus. And that identifies us with Christ. So we are his brethren from the resurrection. Is that too difficult to see? Look at Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2 11. Hebrews 2 11. Let's read from verse 10. For it was fitting for him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. The captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Look at verse 11. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified. So the one who sanctifies is Jesus, right? And those who are being sanctified, that is the believer, they are all of one. Of one word, read on. For which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren, Adelphos. That means that they are all of God. They are all of the same Father, the same source. The believer is best of God. Christ is also best of God. In fact, when we say Christ, it is actually the name that he, let me say, confirms at his resurrection. Okay? That is why in Luke 24, 25, uh, he will say that ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and entered into his glory. The Christ is meant to suffer. So the Christ is called the Christ at his suffering and at his resurrection. Good. So it is at that point that he is called the Christ and it is at that point that he sanctifies the believer and it is at that point that the believer becomes his brethren. Beautiful truth. <laughs> Therefore, it means that as beautiful as this truth is, okay, if you don't pay attention to it, it will be a major hindrance to you. Let me tell you something. You know that these truths that I've just shared to you, you know, we have the benefit of hindsight. So we are seeing him as God even before we see him as I, I trust you me. Everybody first believed Jesus as God even before they saw that he was actually a man. <laughs> we have the benefit of hindsight. But look at the people he worked with. Do you know that this truth, as simple as it is, was the hindrance to them believing him? That is to say that if Jesus had appeared in any other form, I tell you, he would have had so many disciples. And probably he could not have been killed. I mean, how, how, how do you explain a, a, a man killing God? How would you catch God and kill him? You know, so I I saw the title of a book. Um, uh, I've forgotten the author. That was the 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 book was uh, "Sinners in the Hand of an Angry God." I think it's one of those old books, "Sinners in the Hand of an Angry God." But by the time you look at the gospel very well, I think it's the other way around. The gospel is actually God. In the hands of angry sinners because it is God who suffered 
in in the gospel, the one who suffered was God. I mean, Jesus was the one who suffered, was crucified, and he was God. The sinners caught God and they killed him. You know, a, a, a wonderful truth and, and an amazing truth that actually gives birth to the believer. So I was saying that sometimes the reason for honor would be the same reason why somebody would dishonor. Do you know that as I'm explaining this truth to you that Jesus was God at his resurrection is the reason why you would want to honor him. But it's the same reason because he would die. And the people don't understand why the Messiah would eventually die. <laughs> they want to choose for God how God should do it. And God says, no, he would be the king of kings by death and resurrection. They are saying, no, who, which king would die and become king? So take note that the reason for Anna is the reason why we should Anna. Okay, the reason for Anna is the reason why we should Anna. But sometimes the reason for Anna, the very reason for Anna is the reason why we dishonor. Okay, I want you to see Anna as value. I said that already. God placing his value on someone, on something. So we've looked at the gospel, we've looked at the church, we've looked at the Christ, we've looked at the believer. God places his value on the believer. If God calls the believer, if Jesus calls the believer brethren, it means that if you see him lesser than that, you have actually not dishonored the believer, you have dishonored Jesus himself. Because Jesus has identified himself with the believer. See, he could be uh, a weak believer, okay? A weak believer. He could be a poor believer, a wretched believer. In fact, he could be your subordinate at work, your gate man, and yet he's a believer. You know that in the physical, in the natural, you are actually above him, but in the in the supernatural, you are actually his brother. <laughs> you are actually his brother. It means that in the supernatural, God sees both of you the same. <laughs> Interesting. So Anna is value. Good. I wrote here that the reason why Jesus is dishonored is the same reason why we find the revelation of God. Okay, look at John one eight. John one eight. John one eight. Are you there? He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Okay. Um, sorry, John 1, 18, not 8. Sorry for that. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son. Good. Now, put your hand in John 1, 18. I want to show you something. I want to show you something. Um, let's read. Um, let's read Luke 4. So put your hand in John 18. I'm going to add a few adjectives to uh, what we have just read. Look for. Um, don't worry, I'll get it for you. Look for. I want to get the exact place for you. Look for 22. Let's read 22. Now this is after Jesus had entered the synagogue and had preached um, from 
the book of Isaiah. Okay, saying that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. When He finished and He closed it, He said that today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all, all bore witness to Him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of His mouth. And they said, you know, after teaching, after Jesus' teaching meeting, what did they say? Look at it, 22. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son?、Mm. So they call him what? They call him Joseph's son. You know, and you know they are not wrong, right? He's actually Joseph's son. So take note of that description. He's Joseph's son, right? Look at Mark 6. Mark 6. Look at Mark 6. Mark's, Mark's rendition is, is very interesting. Mark 6 3. Are you there? Let's read from. Let's read from verse 3. Is this not the carpenter? So he's called Joseph's son. He's called the carpenter. Okay. Is this not the carpenter? The son of Mary? The brother of James? You know. For you know, James could be. Uh, a bedwetter, someone who wets the bed. I mean, in, in the whole of Israel, serious bedwetter.、Uh, ah, is, is this not the brother of James? <laughs> I'm not saying it's true. I'm just, I'm just you know, assuming. Joseph, is this not the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Ah, I'm not his sisters here with us, you know. So, They were offended at him. <laughs> you know, there's a way people describe us that sometimes it's funny. You know, it appears they are just, they are just、um, mentioning the siblings of Jesus. But I tell you,、eh, for every name they mentioned in this verse, there's an explanation. There's a didache, there's a revelation underneath it. So when they say,、ah, is this not Joseph the carpenter? The one who did my cabinet for me, and the cabinet is not in good shape. <laughs> is this not the son of Mary? For Mary, I'm sure they'll say, ah, is this is not the son of Mary. That lady who got pregnant, and we, we can't find this, we can't trace his, his, his husband. He got pregnant before he was married. <laughs> so that, that would be for Mary. I'm sure when it comes to his siblings, for each one of them, There is, there is their performance in school, you know, how bad they are, how poor they are, how poor they are, and all of that, you know. But look at John. John 1.18, go back there. John 1.18, no one has seen God at any time. No one has seen God at any time. Okay? The only begotten son. John calls him the only begotten son. And he's doing this by revelation. <laughs> and you know, it is the same point at which he's being dishonored. It's the, at that same point that he's being honored. Do you know that he's called the only begotten son not because he's a spirit being? He's called the only begotten son because he's man. <laughs> so John is saying the only begotten son. Okay, who is in the bosom of the Father? He has declared him. Now, the word declared 
in the Greek means to explain. Explain. Exegomai. It means to explain. It means to tell an experience that you are part of. Interesting. So now compare and contrast these two descriptions. Now, do you know that both descriptions are actually right? <laughs> Is he not Joseph's son? Is Joseph not a carpenter? The name they mentioned, Joseph, Judas, are they not his siblings? Ah, were his sisters not with them? I mean, they are, they are, they are right. I mean, you know. Now hear me. Sometimes, what men call true and truth, what people would say is true, okay, what naturally is true, and you know, it's undebatable, very true, may not be what God says. Write that down. When it comes to Anna, I told you Anna is to treat as it is, but the definition is as God sees it. So we could have a natural narrative about Senior Douglas, ah, about um, Dickin Joshua, about Pastor Samuel, and it is actually on point. So sometimes when people talk about men of God, it's not because they are wrong, they are right. Yes, he cheated, he cheated on his wife. Yes, it's true. We all know we are witnesses, yes. But what does God say concerning that man? Are you following? So you realize that the reason why Jesus is dishonored is the same reason why we find the revelation of God. We find the revelation of God in a man. And that same man is that man who is dishonored because he's a man. You know, Jesus was not dishonored because he was God. He was dishonored because he was a man. <laughs> he was a man, but the people failed to see what God says about that man. Hallelujah. Look at 1 Corinthians 1.18. Are you following somebody? 1 Corinthians 1.18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved. Actually, there should be a, a, a textual readjustment. It should be for us who have been saved. It is the power of God. It's the power of God because it has saved us. So when we testify, we testify of the power of God that has saved us, right? So for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who have been saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Now, let me tell you the wisdom of the wise. Let's read on. Let's read on. Verse 20. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. And Paul, interestingly, is describing the humanity of Jesus, the death, the resurrection of Jesus, calls that the wisdom of God. And he says that in God's wisdom, the world never saw it. (laughs) For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. So the world in trying to judge the wisdom of God is not like they were sleeping. It's not like they they did not reason. In fact, they applied all the calculation all the 
natural laws, the laws of philosophy, the laws of science, the laws of nature, they apply the constitution of the land and everything, you know, and at the end of the day, they missed the wisdom of God. They applied all the intellect they knew. I mean, they brought on board the doctors, the, the quality doctors, and yet they missed the wisdom of God. That means that for, for them, the wisdom of God was the most foolish thing to happen. And you know, yet they were right. You know, they were right. They were right to actually have said that, you know, Jesus is not God. I mean, God will not die. But what they missed is that what did God have to say? And so the subject of, of Anna is as serious as what God says. I mean, it's not left to us. Okay, let's read on. Let's read on. Look at uh, uh, 21. Since the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. So Paul is actually saying that the message preached is foolishness to the world. Verse 22 says, For the Jews request a sign. I mean, and they are their rights. I mean, they want a sign. I mean, is it bad to desire for a sign? Is it bad to request for a sign? It's, it's, it's good. We all want signs. So they requested for a sign. For the Greeks, they wanted wisdom. But what was given them? The crucified Christ. 23. But we preach Christ crucified. Christ crucified. To the Jew, a stumbling block. This is nonsense. Christ, God crucified, God dying. Nonsense. Next joke, please. <laughs> to the Greeks, foolishness. It's foolish because the gospel actually announces Jesus as a king. The one who conquered. And the Greek will ask, how did he conquer? And you told me he died. Foolishness. How could a person die and yet you tell me he's the one who conquered? <laughs> but to those who are called, hallelujah, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So realize that the issue really does not have to do with the facts, so to speak, because the Jews are right to desire, to desire for a sign, you know. We who have believed will see it as a sign. But they say, oh, no, 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 this sign again. Okay, so take note that we could actually miss God <laughs> in the way he uses man. That is what happened to the Jews. They literally missed God because God came as a man. Okay, so one thing you should note, okay, uh, let me just move on. One thing you should note when it comes to the subject of um, uh, Anna is that there are certain things that you should never use as your yardstick for Anna. Okay, let me list them for you. Money. And when I say money, it is not the abundance of it alone, the presence or the absence of it. Never use it as your yardstick for Anna. Don't honor a man because of money. Eh? He has money. And so, you know, you are an usher in a church. And a rich man enters and you look at the shoe and say, Ah, this one is front row. 
You march him to the front where a poor man comes with tattered attire. This attire is not glorious. You march him to the back seat. You have actually dishonored Christ because Christ has placed his honor on both of them, rich and poor. <laughs> so don't measure or don't honor based on money or the absence of it, right? Again, don't honor because of past sins. This is very important. That is why I'm not comfortable with that、um, idea that somebody who gets born again, assuming he's a fetish priest, is made to you know, tell us what he did. I'm not a fan of that. You know that Jesus would summarize all that he did together and call it the sin of the world. <laughs> he killed, he robbed, he raped. He stole all of that. Jesus calls it the sin of the world. And so when you go and do a didache of the sin, examine it. It's just like you examining feces. Okay? So you don't do that. Don't honor because of the past sins. Oh, he didn't sin much. <laughs> he didn't sin much. Or he sinned plenty. Both ways, don't honor because of that. Again, don't honor because of educational background. Oh, Deacon is eloquent, you know, very eloquent. And you meet another preacher in the torture who is saying, Bledling, my Bledling, you know, and is interpreting the R and the L. I don't want to be called a bigot, so I'll, I'll leave it as that. You know what I'm talking about. And you cover your mouth and you are laughing. You have actually dishonored Christ because whether educated, not educated, is he preaching the gospel? That is where God's honor is. If you doubt, watch out. The people that he preaches to and they believe the message, are they saved? Is it the grammar that saves them? No. It is God's honor on the message. And so you don't have to, you know, use that as a yardstick. That is very important. Can we move on? So that means that everything that Jesus paid for through his death, he has put his honor on it. The church, his believer, So, I wrote here his believer, not the believer. The believer is actually a believer of Christ. So, the believer is Jesus' believer. <laughs> the believer is Jesus' man. So, Jesus has put his honor on him. That means that if you dishonor such a person, to dishonor such a person, I told you, is to treat it lesser than how God treats. To treat that person lesser than how God sees him, see him lesser than how God sees him. Look at 1 Timothy 6. Paul gives instructions. 1 Timothy 6 2. He says that, and those who have believing masters, so take note, he qualifies the masters with believing. The moment we add That's, um, 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 is, it an, is it an adjective? Yeah, it's an adjective. We, we add that adjective, it changes the narrative. Okay? 
those who have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren. So it both ways. The boss is not to despise the subordinates, and the subordinates should not despise the master. That means that if your boss at work is a Christian, don't despise him because he is a Christian and say that, oh, he is a Christian, so you know. I can go to work late. Oh, I be all of us. We are boys, 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 age mates. When you do that, you have actually, you have, you have, you have actually used his position wrongly. You have used his position as a believer wrongly. You have failed to honor him. Okay, so let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather serve them because those who are benefited are believers and beloved. Teach and exhort these things. That means that at our workplace, I remember I once said this in a Bible discussion, and then almost everybody disagreed with me. I'll say it again and again. I say this that if I find myself on any panel, okay. Vetting people for any position, what whatever the position is, and somebody enters the place and is a believer, automatically I'm favoring the person. You know, it's not like I'm I'm going to give it to the person automatically, but like he has earned my favor on on that merit. I mean, believer, come on, yes. And when I said this, people said, "Is that not being partiality?" Yes, you know, to the world that is the greatest form of partiality. But that is actually the greatest form of honor because I have recognized him as Jesus sees him, even though the context of that meeting is not spiritual. Yet I have designed him. <laughs> All right, so that is very important. Honor your boss. Ephesians six five. Ephesians six five. Bond servants be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in sincerity of heart as to Christ. See, if the person is your boss, a believer, honor that person as you honor Christ. That means that you cannot say you are a believer when you dishonor other believers. No. If you honor Christ, that makes you a believer. What does Christ say about? This other person, Christ calls him his brother. Therefore, the same honor you give to Christ, who is now your brother by virtue of the resurrection, is the same honor you give to that man. Are you following? Colossians three twenty two repeats the same instructions. Repeats the same instructions. Now, if you are following, you realize that this thing actually is contrary to every time we teach Anna or mention Anna, people are offended. People are offended because it is exactly the opposite of the natural response. That means that if we leave things as it is, in fact, you are not going to Anna your brother because. You see, we are in this world that sees things in the natural perspective. I mean, in our world, we rank the rich, 
uh, 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 can see. I mean, the things that trend are the, the glamorous things. That is what trends. I mean, the glamorous things are what trends. We can't help it. Those are the things that trend. So, the culture of the world is to give honor to the rich, to give honor to the educated, to give honor to, you know, people that society sees as class. And that runs so much contrary to what God sees. That means that Anna cannot be assumed. We don't assume it. I mean, if I'm a pastor, I don't assume my members know how to Anna. No, you don't take chances. Because they are coming from serious backgrounds. Cultural backgrounds that places sometimes males over females, females over males, you know, that treats the wife as a second class citizen at the workplace that people interact with. In fact, I've had an encounter with a man who told me that the reason why he married his wife is because the wife is ugly and said that for me, I can't stand another man standing with my wife. I will get angry because of that. I married an ugly woman so that no man will go close to my, my wife. I mean, he told me point blank, this man is comfortable cheating on the wife, but is not comfortable with another man with a wife. <laughs> and so we are interacting with people like this mindset like this and it is very easy to bring it into church okay that is why for me as a person i speak against i will kick against i will stand against i will scream against that culture that brings natural things into church church is the gathering of the sins if you understand church very well the point of assembly is Jesus, his resurrection, the giving of his spirit. That means that we recognize one another based on that. And so the moment we enter church, my tribe, my club, I'm a Chelsea fan, correct one, but my club doesn't matter, my, 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 my clan doesn't matter, my class in the society doesn't matter. What matters is the blood of Jesus that sanctified us. And so for me, I kick against that, um, what do we call it, culture Sunday. Okay, that culture Sunday, that oh, whatever culture you are from, bring it in. Let's, 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 um, if you are an, if you are an airway, wear airway dress, if you are an Ethiopian, and then interestingly, you have Ghanaians putting on Arabic stuff. I mean, of course, they want to come from that place. Let's excuse them. That gathering is not a cultural gathering. And so for me, I'll kick against it. I mean, you can explain it your own way, but it is, it is an error. The culture that the church celebrates is the giving of the spirit, the things of the spirit, the blood of Jesus. When we gather, can't you see when we gather our songs are about Jesus and his work? We don't think about our culture. I'm, I'm an Akan, I'm, I'm an Asante Noon. Of course, we make reference to that as where he called us from. But where we are now, it's not there. So it's, it's kind of um, a, a mistaken identity for any church to celebrate the culture that Christ called us from. That, what I'm trying to say is that at the end of the day, we are supposed to unlearn that culture 
and to learn the culture of Christ. The culture of Christ will be the culture of Anna, which he has placed on the church, on the gathering, on the giving of the Spirit. We celebrate it. So we don't celebrate club,、hmm? football Sunday, rep your jersey. We don't celebrate rep your jersey. We celebrate Christ and his resurrection. We don't celebrate Chelsea. What is Chelsea? I mean, I'm a Chelsea fan. I love Chelsea so much. But when I enter church, I'm not a Chelsea fan. I have been bought by the blood of Jesus. I have his spirit in me. And that is where I take my instruction, take my behavior, take my conduct, everything I do there. That is very important. Okay? That is very important. Therefore, you realize that Anna must be taught. If it is not taught, it can't be practiced. Anna must be taught. Okay? Good. Now, I'll give you two key rules, two key rules that should guide you to practice Anna. The first is you recognize. You recognize. Now, what do you recognize? You recognize it as God recognizes it. In Anna, you recognize it as God recognizes it. The reason why I speak against Rep Your Jesse is because God does not recognize Chelsea in the church. Of course, in my preaching, I'll use Chelsea as an example. It's a form of human、uh, you know, language, vocabulary, something everybody associates with. I'm using it to explain a spiritual concept. I can do that anytime. But God does not recognize Chelsea. God does not recognize the Asante. God does not recognize the Ewe, the Frafra. God does not recognize. God recognizes that man in Christ. Hallelujah. God recognizes Christ. So we also must recognize first. Good. So you ask yourself, who is this fellow? <laughs> A lot of times, when believers sin against us, you know, we are quick to react. I don't like that. I don't like that. You can't do that to me. But ask yourself, who is this fellow? Just take a moment ask yourself, who is this fellow? Who is he? Does he have Christ in him? Does he have the Spirit of God in him? Now, when you have recognized him as God sees him, then what you need to do is to quickly renew your mind. So, recognize first, then renew your mind. That is the Anna code. I'll call it the Anna code. First, recognize. Secondly, renew your mind. When you have recognized, quickly renew your mind. Sometimes, after recognizing, you realize that you have sinned. Quickly renew your mind. So, recognize, renew your mind. Do you get that? Look at Acts 2 42. Acts 2 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. So, this is the first description concerning the church after Pentecost. They continued steadfastly. The word steadfastly. Uh, the word continue, sorry, is meno. It means they stayed, okay? They continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayers. Good. Now, let's look at the result of the apostles' doctrine. The result of the doctrine of Christ. What is the result? Look at 
Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. Good. They were what? Together. It doesn't mean they were living in the same household. They were together means that their hearts were together. They thought the same way. They reasoned the same way. They did things the same way. So they were together. Together in their hearts. Now that togetherness is seen in what they own. <laughs> they own everything in common. They had everything in common. Now let me explain this to you. It doesn't mean that I have a car and I give, I give the car out because I don't want to. I mean, it could mean that, but it doesn't mean that I give my car out or maybe I, I have, I've explained this like, like this in, in the past. Like I have two cars and I give one out so that me and my friend will have one car each. Well, there could be, you know, a twist like that. But what it means is that they treated each other the same. Mind you, in that church where the rich, in that church where the poor, in that church where the beautiful, you see, the beautiful ones are here to be born. You know, and we keep seeing beautiful people, but yet they say they are here to be born, so we are still waiting for them. <laughs> That's just by the way. The beautiful, the ugly, the handsome, the six packs, the one pack, the tall, the shorts, vertically challenged, horizontally challenged, you know, different classes of people in the society. But in that gathering, what were they? They were together. That means that whilst coming together, nobody brought what they were in the world. They left it. Now, leaving it doesn't mean that, I mean, I have a car, I don't bring the car. Well, it could mean that, but what it means is that I don't reason like one who has a car. Because in that gathering, if I reason as one who has a car and there's another brother who doesn't have a car and I see myself as I have a car, and my brother doesn't have a car, and because of that, I have an advantage over him, you know, in that gathering. I have actually come to the meeting with my possession. And so that is what it means. When he said that they had everything together, look at it again, 44. They were together, had all things in common. Essentially, it was the attitude first. So it is the attitude that gives birth to verse 45. Now when 45 says that they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had been. That attitude that well in this gathering it is not what I have. It is what Christ has done. That attitude is what propels them to sell their belongings in order to fend for other believers. Because I recognize that in that assembly I am not ahead of him because of my position. We are all the same. We are all Adelphus brethren. And if that is the case, then what I have to my advantage, I would use it to help him. So that is what it means. Are you seeing it? So they saw themselves as the same. That means that they found a common identity in Christ. Their common identity was in Christ. Look at Acts 4.32. The same thing they said there. 
Acts 4, 32. Now the multitudes of those who believed were of one heart. You see, now uh, Luke, the writer of Acts, is, 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 is showing you. It's the same thing I said. Now he says they were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone see that any of the things he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. What it means is that they did not regard themselves based on their possessions. One heart, one soul. Take note of that. Good. That means that Anna would treat the believer as God treats. You remember that? Anna would place value on the believer than on the material possession. When I say material possession, don't think about the presence of it only. Whether you have, whether you don't have. It means that the poor would also not look down on himself and say, ah, I'm poor, I don't belong to this assembly. You know, my dress is tattered, I can't belong. No. And by the time you look at the early church, the emphasis on this was so huge that nobody classified believers into rich, poor, you know, Christian businessmen. Let me tell you this. Okay, this is this is a platform that I can go out freely. On other platforms, I can't say this. Let me tell you this. In the body of Christ, there is no division. See, in the body of Christ, there's no children's division, there's no youth division, there's no women, there's no men. No. In the body of Christ, all are the same. And so, actually, those divisions, okay, if I'm to be lenient, what I would say is that it is what would help us, you know, reach to segregated people in, in, in the world. It, 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 will reach, it will help us to reach out to, for example, the men's fellowship would reach out to the men better I mean, something like that. We can explain it away like that. But the fact of the matter is that the early church were together. No ministry, no movement, no club, nothing. <laughs> so even your revered women's movement is not biblical. I mean, strictly biblical. But, I mean, we can have an explanation to that. How much more your club, Chelsea, <laughs> and your club, <laughs> So take note of that. Yeah. So, again, you realize that the fruit of that thinking that Anna was given, do you see that? When they thought like that, it was easy for them to give. Because in giving, they didn't consider what they had, but they considered their brother. That means that giving does not consider necessarily what you have, but considers the need. In giving, you meet the need. And so Anna gives. You can't see Anna where there is no giving. And when I say giving, don't think about only material things. The greatest Anna shown by God to humanity, to man, is the giving of his son, his only begotten son. He gave. And that shows the value he has placed on man. <laughs> Salvation is for men. God places that value on man. And so Anna would give. The fruit of Anna is given. Okay? Therefore, in that gathering as a church, in that relationship with other believers who are brethren, Adelphos, you remember, that relationship 
cannot be complete without giving. That means that the Christian doesn't enter a relationship because of what they would get, but rather what they would give. Pastor-member relationship is what the pastor would give to the member, essentially also what the member would give to the pastor, including material things, not only material things, the honor you give, okay? So don't enter any relationship with the idea to receive, no. Go in there to give. First, honor. How do you honor? The honor could first recognize and renew your mind and then go in there to give. Okay? To a marriage, a relationship must be given. In fact, the reason why relationships and marriages fail is not, is, is primarily, okay? Of course, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an authority, but I can say this confidently that primarily, okay, most marriages, Again, I'm saying most, most marriages, most relationships will fail because of that attitude of entitlement. I'm entitled to this. I'm entitled to this. I'm entitled to this. No. Don't go in with an entitlement mentality, but go in with an attitude to give. That is what Anna does. Okay? So the marriage, the relationship must be given. I hope this saves someone's relationship. Hallelujah. For somebody's marriage. Relationship must be given and not always taken. God honest us, and so He gave us His Spirit. God honest us, and so He gave us His Spirit. I want to read Second Corinthians one twenty-two. Says that the Spirit is the guarantee. Okay, uh, other versions will say He has given us the Spirit as an earnest. That word in the Greek is arabon. A r r h a b o n arabon. First Corinthians one twenty two, and that word "arabon" in the Hebrew actually is the same word. And what it means is that to give a pledge that you will redeem yourself. Okay, I was explaining this at church was it this Sunday. Yes, this Sunday. I was saying that assuming I have promised to give you um, fifty thousand cities, okay, and I need to do something to prove to you that I'll give I'll, I'll give you fifty thousand cities, and According to the Hebrew culture, and of course, the Hebrew culture, I'm sure that Paul was writing from there. That is why he uses the word Arabon, the earnest. According to the Hebrew culture, I'm expected to give you something that is a double of what I plan to give you. So, for instance, I want to give you 50,000. I'll build you a mansion worth 50 billion <laughs> and give it to you. Now, when I give you that mansion, it means that no matter what happens, if I give you 50 billion worth of a mansion, what is 50,000? So that is what Jesus has done to us. He, he given us his spirit. He has actually given us, sometimes we say down payment. It's not down payment. It's actually an overpayment. It's an overpayment because the way the Arabon is treated, you are actually going to redeem the pledge out of the Arabon. So it's like, I can out of the pledge I've given to you, pay what I promised to give you, and you will still be left with more. That is what Jesus has done to us. So his spirit is actually um, not a down payment, an overpayment of what he would do. So by the time you look at redemption carefully, the only thing that is left for Jesus to redeem with the believer is his physical body. Okay? So that is why Paul would write and say that there is a contradiction. Okay? Even though we have the treasures of God in us, it is living in a clay. 
So the only thing left is the body. And at the resurrection of the dead, which we would call the rapture, which we would call the second appearance of Jesus, what Jesus is going to do to our mortal body, he's going to do it with the overpayment, the spirit in us. So that means that he's going to redeem our mortal body with the spirit already in us. You see, the extent of his giving, God honors us. <laughs> and so he has given us his spirit. So honor, like I've said, is to value. When you value, you don't just value with your lips. We will see the value based on what you do when Jesus when God says that he values us, he values the believer, he doesn't say, I value you, I value you, I value you. He actually went to work, gave that man his spirit. Hallelujah. Shared his spirit with the man. Such a wonderful thing. And by that, he has placed his value on that man. Now hear me. When Paul says that what can separate us from the love of God and mentions death, is actually saying that God has honored us so much that he will not let us die. Let us die means he will not let us be separated. So actually, what you allow to die is what you don't value. Hear me? That relationship, that friendship that you let go and allow die, it means you actually don't value it. <laughs> you can actually do a diagnosis of your relationship and realize ah, how come that all of a sudden I lost contact with this man of God with this friend this friend was helping me uh, oh, oh, you let go it actually means you don't value it what you value you don't allow die Anna gives to save God gave himself to save. So do you know that actually at the giving of Christ, who lost? God lost. Sometimes in honoring, we would have to lose. We would have to lose because of how we value what is in contention. Sacrifice. Anna sacrifices. Anna laid down his life for the sheep. So, sometimes it's not all about getting. See, life is not all about what you get, what you get, what you get. That's get, get mentality has crippled a lot of believers. It's not what you get. Sometimes you have to lose. Sometimes you have to painfully lose just to save. Because you Anna. Now, Anna gives attention. So what have I said? I said that in Anna you give. In Anna you won't allow die. You will give to save. Again, in Anna you give your attention. Okay, so what you give is not only money. You give attention and respect. You give attention. You give respect. You give attention. You give respect. Philippians 4. Let's look at Philippians 4. Don't worry, if you don't finish, we'll continue. Philippians 4, 
to read from 11 to 19 maybe i'll point out a few things i'll need you to know not that i speak in regard to need this is paul speaking for i've learned in whatever state i am to be content i know how to be abased i know how to abound everywhere and in all things i've learned both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need i can do all things through christ okay so i can do all things essentially i can do two things i can suffer i can abound who strengthens me nevertheless you have done well that you shared in my distress are you seeing it anna would share in the distress in the pain now you philippians also know so that in the beginning of the gospel when i departed from macedonia new church shared with me concerning giving and receiving but you only for even in thessalonica you sent aid once and again for my necessities okay so anna would share would share the little would share the plenty in fact would share in grief would share in happiness the people who honor you or the people you honor are the people that you are found in the same emotional state with the people you honor the people who honor you in the extremes of emotions when they are crying you cry with them when they are weeping you weep with them that is the sign of honor so an honorable friend doesn't only come around when you are happy an honorable friend is there with you i mean in the deep darkness when no one is around when everybody has given up on you anna would locate you will not just let you go okay so take note of that so myself and mr douglas have a post we've been posting it we keep posting it people would people ask us why why we keep posting it okay you honor somebody not in their inbox anna is not secretive you will remind them yes anna is not secretive you don't go into secret and man of god i honor you i believe in your ministry i believe in your ministry and that same man of god is doing fasting and prayers and you are feasting you are eating eating wachi and gobe <laughs> gobe is my favorite actually <laughs> yeah doing a program i believe in your ministry and we are not seeing you in the program yeah, i believe in your ministry prophet douglas you know because he gave you a prophetic word once i believe in your ministry sir and he's doing uh, 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 50 days and you are not there not even one day <laughs> that is not what anna does okay so anna gives attention anna gives respect first timothy 5 17 first timothy 5 17 are you following me someone is saying man of god why are you emotional you know you can't teach anna and without emotions emotion doesn't mean i'm crying actually but anna is it's a thing of the heart so sometimes you would make your notes but you still communicate i believe as a spirit you know inspires us to see look at first first timothy 5 17. 
let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor. So, this is not just honor, but double what? Honor. Especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. Now, this is a very serious matter. Paul is literally saying that if you have an elder, elder means um, in the Greek, elder is, um, I believe, is presbyteros. Um, the same word you would have for a bishop, okay? someone who oversees. And Paul is saying that if you have someone who oversees you, in this case, spiritually, you know, and I often add this that people who oversee us spiritually are not people that we go to. You know, there's this um, modern concept. Okay, I'm also a modern person. I'm not as old as as that. Okay, penisem um, penisem is. I, I see old old stuff, but I'm I'm a young man. Hallelujah. So there's this current trend where a young man would just walk up to uh, a man of God and say, "Man of God, I want to submit to you. I want you to be my father and all of that." I mean, I've had people table that offer. Usually, me if you do, I'll say, "No, we are brothers," because <laughs> I believe I haven't gotten to the stage. I mean, that's me. That's personal. Okay, let me leave it. You know. They go to people and ask that oh, the people become their fathers. That is wrong. You don't go to somebody and then just say, I, sub- I want to submit to you for you to be my father. A spiritual father is somebody you you come to recognize. <laughs> so you don't choose who your spiritual father is. You realize it. By virtue of your associations, you realize that this person has impacted me so well. You come to recognize it. So there are people probably who laid hands on you and you realize you were flowing in a certain dimension. No one needs to tell you that this is the man. Do you understand? Good. I usually explain it this way, that there are people that by your words, you have honored them and have exalted and given them those positions in your life. Okay, by your own words, when you open your mouth to say that I've never seen anybody minister like this before, you have actually placed honor on him with your words. Sometimes you have validated their ministry. And man of God, you have been a blessing to my life. And so I'm not the kind of person that takes, you know, um, maybe birthday wishes. I, I, I mean, sometimes I, people send me stuff that I just read and I, I don't keep it really in my head because I want to see you practice what you have told me. You don't just come and tell me that you have been a blessing to me. I, I believe in your ministry and I don't see you in my meetings. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> where did you believe? You know. <clears throat> so what I'm trying to say is that when Paul says that Elders who rule well, these are people who have authority oversight over you, people that you yourself have seen them flow in the gates of the Spirit towards you, ministered to you, ministered to your heart, um, and trained you. You know, there are people who literally train us, okay? I have a way of leading Bible studies, and I mean, it's a pattern, and I learned it from a man, okay? A, a, a deacon friend, a broker back then. He didn't necessarily teach me. I saw the way he was facilitating. 
I learned it.、Uh, there's a way sometimes I facilitate Bible studies. I learned that as well. Okay. So there are things we learn literally from people. There are things that people intentionally come and teach us. You know, and these people, we have sometimes said with our mouths that this is the man for me. This is the man for me. Okay, so you have said that they rule well. That is what Paul is saying. Those who rule, and he says, especially in doctrine. Okay, so of course, for me, I don't see you as a spiritual leader until you are able to teach. You can't be a spiritual leader when you are a drama or if you are a keyboardist in church. You have to teach. Paul is saying that such men deserve double honor. Now, that's where double in the Greek is. Diplos, D I P L O U S, Diplos. It simply means two times. In fact, it's double. I can't bail you out with the Greek. It's double. I mean, it's, it's as double as double. That means that the honor you give to all other men when it comes to these people, double it. Elder, spiritual authority, double it. It means the money you would give to your boss at work, double it for him. Okay? I know preachers are sometimes scared to teach it because it appears when you are teaching it, people will say you are manipulating people. No. This is what it says. The elders, look at it. Look, look in your Bible. 1 Timothy 5 17. Is that not what we read? Is it not in the Bible? Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in word and doctrine. So you have a guy who teaches you. Who taught you all the doctrine? You now say he's the one who taught me everything I know in Christianity. Double your honor. Double it. If it's money, double it. If it's、uh, attention, double it. <laughs> yes. It's in the Bible. I'm not the one saying it. Okay. Again, you should know that honor is an action. Honor is substantial. So you don't just say, I, I honor you, man of God. I give you double honor. I honor you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and we are asking, Where are you? Adam, Adam, where are you? And you are nowhere found around him in his meetings. You know. The people who sponsor his programs, you are not among them. Yet you are sponsoring them. You know, there's a way that you sponsor that you don't even know you are sponsoring. I'm doing my bet. I believe there's nobody here who bets. I'm doing my bet. s You are giving tithes to the Indomie seller every evening. A tithe, a tenth of your daily wage goes to your Indomie seller. And yet, You know, your master says, Well, man of God, I honor you. I, I honor you in the name of the Father, the Son. Your mouth is even full, and you are honoring with food in your mouth. You don't give to Him. You haven't given to Him. You have given nothing, not even your attention, not even your time. You know, He calls you for meetings. Oh, my, it's not, it's not, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I closed from work early. He said, I had to drag somebody to、uh, church. I, mean, I was passing by her, her, her house. I just called her and she was like,、oh, I'm tired. I came, to, I came back from work. I'm so tired. 
I mean, I, I have a way around people that I mean, I in one way or the other disciple. I'm 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 tough. That's why I said you are not serious. Even me, I'm going. <laughs> I asked her, when did you close? I close around for I say even me, I'm going. I'm rich. I'm just in fact. As you see me like this, I pass through work and I'm going. Say, <laughs> oh yeah, go and bath. If I bath, I say no, don't worry, don't bath. I'm the only one who knows you are not bathing. Just put on some nice stuff. You follow me and let's go. And that was how I managed to drag her to church. You know, I have my methods like that. You know, what I'm trying to say is that Anna is always substantial. Anna is an action. See. The honor for God is seen in faith, which is an action. Faith in Christ is honor for God. And so you can claim to honor God. I honor you. I honor you. I honor you. And you are not you are you are an unbeliever. I honor God. Oh. And say, uh, as for me, as for God, yeah, I honor him. Oh. But that Jesus, yeah, I have an issue. You are not serious. No one has seen God at any point in time. John 1 18. The only begotten of the Father, He has declared Him. So, the God that you honor, how do you know Him? <laughs> so, you can't honor God and this honor Jesus. You see it? The same way you cannot honor Jesus and this honor His church. I have people who say, I have an issue with Pentecost. I have an issue with Matadis. There are two streets, a street church from my hacking. A discipline members. Uh, you are not under law, you are under grace. Uh, I, can, I can go to church at any time. I can go to church at 12. Uh, you are not under law, you are under grace. Madam Grace, keep being under the grace. <laughs> the only thing that can save you is God's mercy. <laughs> because that same meeting you are going to late, that is where God's honor is. And so you can't choose what to honor, what to dishonor. In fact, what to honor has been selected by God. <laughs> so honor is an action. If you say you honor me, I have to see it. So that's why myself and Senator Douglas, we keep saying that if you honor me, you post me. If you honor me, you post me. If you honor me, you, ah, you can't say you honor me and you're hiding me. Ah, what is that? If you honor me, people will know that you know me. As simple as that. In fact, I have people who call me and they say that, ah, that's your man of God. That's your man of God. That's your man of God. Yeah, it's man of God. I say, hey, but you, when will you stop following? I said, don't worry. Follow your own. Let me follow my own. That's your man of God. Ah, almost every week, every month, you are posting him. Yes, what should I do? I listen to him virtually every day. In fact, what I'm teaching you, I borrowed from him. <laughs> and then I'm not found, you know, with him. I mean, nobody knows I know him. That's a crime. So Anna is substantial. Look at First Peter 2.17. Have a few minutes more. I believe you've been blessed. We'll continue tomorrow. Uh, is it tomorrow? No, um, We'll continue the, the next time. First Peter two seventeen. Anna, all people love the brotherhood. 
the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Okay, so when Peter says honor the brotherhood, it means that honor the gathering of the saints. If you honor the gathering of the saints, you honor the time for the meeting, you honor the purpose for the meeting, you honor the leaders for the meeting, okay, because you have money, you enter the church because you are the one who gives uh, offering. You, you, you bought drums for the church, so you go to church at any time. It's not us, so it's the work. Uh, we are busy for the work. A man of God said that any work you do, that doesn't give you space for the Sunday morning service, the Sunday evening service, and the midweek service. It's a criminal job. <laughs> you can't be too busy. Not to honor the gathering of the saints. You know, we can't be coming. Uh, let's be sending our money. No, we don't need your money. We need you first. Okay? And let's learn this, men of God, on this platform. If anybody doesn't honor your meeting by being present, don't take their money. If they can't come, don't take their money. Can't come and buy Christ church with money. Buy Christ church, bought a car for the pastor, and so what? Take your car, the pastor will walk, and the work of God will continue. So, Anna is substantial, Anna is seen in your action. In fact, sometimes you don't need to say you, Anna, let's see you, let's see it, let's see it, what you prioritize, and all of that. Are going to church, your Bible is in your singlet. You don't honor the written word. Going to church, your Bible, you know. I have a good friend who always complains that I put my Bible in my armpits. Uh, I pray she's not here, you know. But I mean, that's me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm used to that. I don't know when I'll stop. Uh, sometimes it's un, unintentional. I always my Bible is in my, my, my armpit, and I'm, I'm walking in the street. I mean, I don't even care, you know. Yeah, I, I prefer the Bible in my armpit than to go with no Bible at all. So, honor the written word, okay? Now, let me say this. Maybe I'll end with this. Sometimes you don't have to dishonor. You just choose not to honor. <laughs> okay? Sometimes you don't have to dishonor. You just choose not to honor. There are times that you don't want to deliberately say, oh, I'm dishonored. You know, sometimes when we say dishonor, we think it's when someone picks a phone and insults you. No. Sometimes you don't want to do that, but you have actually not honored. You don't want to dishonor us to insult the preacher. But by not honoring, that is, you haven't gone for his meetings. You, you haven't um, 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 responded that you are supposed to respond to the message he sent you, you don't want to dishonor, but you have actually not honored, you know. And there's a question, a rhetoric question that people usually ask, people, dishonorable people usually ask. Okay, my time is up. Let me end with that. They usually say, oh, but what's the big deal? What's, what's the big deal? If I go to church late, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? Pastor says you should fast. And what's the big deal? I can't fast too. What's the big deal? You know. 
Note that anytime you dishonor, it will breed dishonor. Now, if you enter a church where a lot of times they don't flow in the gifts of the Spirit, it's two things. It is either they don't know there is anything like that, but I tell you of a fact, a lot of times in most churches, it is because of dishonor. Dishonor for the leadership of the church. And because of that, it shuts them off the things of the Spirit. So they won't flow because they don't honor the pastor, they don't honor the elders. Oh, pastor, pastor, rumor, rumor, pastor, 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 pastor is sleeping with the girls, pastor is sleeping with the girls. And that dishonor is spread. It's a canker. Dishonor is a cancer. It can kill a church. It can hamper the progress of a church. So watch it. Dishonor will breed dishonor. That means that if I dishonor, another person will dishonor, another person will dishonor. By the time we realize the whole system has collapsed. 24 7, the system is collapsed. And Anna would breed Anna. Hallelujah. And so let me end with a personal thing I do. For me, anybody over me in the church, the body of Christ, the first thing I do is I save their contact with their office in the body of Christ. It's a pastor. Pastor. If it's an elder, I call him an elder. Don't call your pastor Upana. Upana is having a meeting. Pastor is not open up. Pastor, tomorrow we'll look at it. Your pastor is a gift of Jesus to his church. We don't call him open up. Hallelujah. I believe you have been blessed this evening. God bless you. I want you to close your eyes wherever you are. And just whisper a prayer to God. Whisper a prayer from your heart out of what you have learned. Whisper a prayer to God. Where you need to repent, renew your heart, ask for forgiveness. For this forgiveness, don't just ask it you know, to, from God. Go to the person and say, I have dishonored you. Please forgive me. Walk, walk to that fellow and just apologize for dishonoring the person. We bless you, Jesus. We thank you for your word. Thank you. Your word has cleansed our hearts and our minds, our thoughts. We go out as people who are clean. In Jesus' mighty name. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we can we celebrate the Lord? Can you thank the name of the Lord? Let's let's give honor to the man of God. Let's celebrate the man of God for such um, a powerful ministration. I know by the time we finish this series, our lives are going to be transformed. And um, I know God is doing something very wonderful in this season. And there's something I want to, I want to advise us to do. Please, when the teachings are going on, let's pick some of them. Let's write the ones. Let's pick some of them on our status, okay? Yeah, like, let's let's be doing that a lot. I want to. So from tomorrow onwards, I'll be expecting that today. Today, let's let's. I want to. If if you really value what you are doing, it's also part of the honor. Like, don't don't shut it, okay? Don't shut it. <laughs> Anna should be seen, just as we posted today. Um, uh, celebrate where it can be seen. If it's if you are really blessed, 
share it your, your, your sense of honor is in sharing and, and and a sense of identification like don't be afraid just just be bold hallelujah be bold hallelujah so um from this evening i want us to yesterday i wanted to talk about it but i forgot i wrote it in my note i forgot but today thank god i've remembered so let's try that anything that the lord laid on your heart as the ministration was going on try and just share it just feel free just share with people let somebody be blessed hallelujah hallelujah so god bless us so much for coming around them um, god bless you the king joshua Nate, for such um a powerful ministration we don't take such a for granted at all out of your busy schedules having time for us is that any time we need him he's available for us and i don't take it for granted at all i always i always thank god for how the lord um connected us is i knew it's for a purpose you know how i got to know him though he was my friend though we were in the same school the same dorm and all that but um just as he said <laughs> we know ourselves differently not just because of classmates but we know ourselves because of the covenant we have and the kind of things you know those times another day he will send me some no he was doing his broadcast and one time he he told me that actually he has seen that like i'm one of the few people that when he sends messages i read and i respond and, and that's how we developed it and this is where we have come to yeah like and, and and i thank god for that yeah i thought i was just i was so interested in what he was posting i was reading and giving feedbacks and all that and, and so sometimes your feedback also shows your honor yeah some of you we send a message it's like it's like we have we have thrown away feces it's like you've thrown away human danks like human feces on you uh, it's, it's 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 a great insult to the kingdom yeah and that's why sometimes it's very funny when someone posts or when i post something on the page or on the platform it's like it's like something stupid or something it's like human feces it's 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 it's, it's, it's like and and you expect you expect a miracle from the same person uh you are you are you are even disqualified <laughs> it doesn't work it doesn't work yeah i know i know the next time you teach on the honor of the man of god and i know some of these things will be coming up very strongly i won't be surprised that this week we'll have the week that most people will not come but because <laughs> people don't want to learn people don't want to learn but i pray that god will help us to receive from him hallelujah god bless you all for coming around i don't take it for granted i know i appreciate your sacrifice your time your data your money your airtime you know spending creating the space for this occasion i don't take it for granted i don't take your presence for granted the lord bless you all for coming around and god willing tomorrow 4 a.m gmt we are continuing with a series all men are not the same Anna diagnosis we are bringing out the issues of Anna for am gmt the lord bless you lastly my name is mr douglas the lord bless you bye bye